the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. Great to be with you today. It is Friday, and that means Open Line Friday. We'll take calls on any subject you want. We'll also be talking about the issues that are in the news today. i got a question for you. Uh, is it human trafficking if I take my kids to school in the morning and they don't want to go? I'm just curious because I, you know, my younger son, 10, uh, his name isn't 10. He's 10 years old. He would probably come up with that. I'm afraid he's going to say that. Dad, you're trafficking me by sending me to school. That's not what it is at all, but some people are calling human trafficking what is going on and calling for investigations as some Republican governors are sending some of the migrants that are in their state illegally to uh, these different cities. And one of the big stories in the news, of course, is Governor DeSantis flew uh, about 50 people into Martha's Vineyard. And uh, there's an incredible freak out. Now, what I really want to get to in our program, what we do differently in our program, by the way, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. You can also email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Here's the question, because this is the question that we've been hearing over the last couple of days. We've heard it from politicians. We've heard it from people, it's all over social media if you get into those kinds of discussions. What is the Christian thing to do? Is it Christian for these governors, I think all of whom uh, claim to be Christians, to send these people who are in their state to these other states? Uh, Apparently, that is not, is what some people say. And I think there's a lot of questions about this. What I want to know is, what's the Christian thing to do? What is the actual Christian thing to do with respect to people who are here illegally? There's migrants, there's asylees and refugees. We'll talk about the difference in those three categories and how they're crossing those lines here in a lot of the discussion. We'll get to that here in just a second. But I got this question. You can call and share your thoughts about it, 888-528-2557. Since we're being told what's Christian and what isn't, is it Christian to bus or fly migrants from one state to another? Is it Christian to have a city policy saying that you accept people as migrants and asylees and refugees and that you're a sanctuary city in your community and then you bus them off 24 hours after they arrive? Is, you know, since they have no place to go, is it wrong to tell them where they are going and lie to them about that? Did that happen? Some people are accusing. Governor DeSantis of lying to uh, the migrants who were on, uh, who went to Martha's Vineyard. Like he said, they were going to Boston. They ended up at Martha Vine- Martha's Vineyard. Pretty close. I think they're going to end up in Boston. So I don't know what's really true about all of that. But I get real curious when people start throwing the word Christian around. So I thought we would talk about that as we talk about this story a little bit. This is Southern California Live, 888 is the phone number for you to join our conversation, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. All right, lots going on out there with this subject. What I hope is that happens, by the way, in all of this chaos, and certainly some of it's election year, but a lot of it is 
there are over 2 million people who have come over the border this year alone. Last year it was 1.7 million. Both years are record-setting. And people are coming over to the tune of thousands a day, thousands and thousands and thousands of people a day. And there's all kinds of politics, right, left and right, and everybody's a hater, and these people aren't doing things well, and do we close the border, and there was Trump's wall. And, you know, for years we've been talking about this, and the kids in the cages. Can we also back up a little bit to point out that the immigration problem has been a problem for decades. This was a problem even during the Reagan administration, where they eventually gave amnesty to people who were in the country back then, but it was far fewer than the number of people who are here. And the deal for amnesty was, we'll give amnesty to those who are here, but we're going to shut down the border and come up with a much better immigration system. Well, they did the amnesty, but they didn't do the second thing. In fact, we have a less effective immigration system today. I think that this matters a lot for for us as believers to be able to address this because it is coming to each one of our cities. I've told you before, and I believe this is true, that soon, I hope this doesn't happen. I hope that I'm wrong, but I think that one or two, maybe more, South American or Central American countries are going to collapse. Governments are going to collapse. There is going to be horrendous violence and difficulty in the midst of that collapse and economic chaos, and millions of people will be coming north to our border. It will be something that the world has never seen, the number of people who are going to be coming here. I think that that is something very likely. If you go to our government websites, they'll tell you that all of those nations, most of them except maybe Costa Rica, are in pretty serious jeopardy of collapse. There's a lot of bad politics there. You know, they tested out the uh, cryptocurrency in El Salvador, and that was a disaster. Daniel Ortega, do you know that guy? Remember that guy from the 1980s? He was the uh, the uh, the head of the uh, Nicaraguan uh, communist government. He's now the president of, uh, of Nicaragua, uh, oddly enough, and it's going very poorly, as you can imagine. And people are in a, in a bad place. I think that the United States ought to, for many reasons, be leveraging a lot um, towards these countries to help, especially help remove the cartels, remove the drugs. And we have to stop taking drugs. See, the, the, the issue here is very complex. And that's another thing that's hard to talk about in the soundbite world that we live in. But poverty is complex. It's not just one or two things. And the border issues are complex. It's not just one or two things because it has to do with homelessness in our country, the policies we have about drugs, drug addiction in our country, where they get them, where that stuff is made. It has to do with uh, human trafficking is a big deal, but it also has to do with farming. It has to do with farm labor. It has to do with the minimum wage. It has to do with uh, multiple issues. There are so many different things that I think prevent us from really finding a good solution, except for the fact that I believe most of us, if we were in charge, we would find a solution if we could just do it. I think most people would agree, close the border, control the border, but have a streamlined and effective immigration system like we used to have where people could show up and they'd go to Ellis Island and they'd fill out the forms and they would say where they're from, they'd write down their name and they would be checked for diseases and there would be background and all of this stuff and they would be quarantined if they were sick. Lots of, there was a process that was pretty good. We've abandoned that whole thing. We still have that. There's a legal legal way to do that, but we've abandoned that uh, for the most part with uh, the 2 million people who have come over our, our border. So let's ask this question. What is Christian? 
Lori Lightfoot said of Governor Abbott, Lori Lightfoot is the mayor of Chicago, and Governor Greg Abbott has been sending some of these people to the city of Chicago. She said he professes to be Christian. This is not Christianity and the teachings of the Bible that I know, and I think religious leaders all across the country are standing up and denouncing exactly this. Um, Republicans tend to shoot back and say, well, the Biden administration has been doing this now for several months, and which is true. The Department of Homeland Security, according to NBC News, has been transporting migrants awaiting for immigration proceedings from U.S. cities along the southern border into the interior of the country, beginning with Los Angeles right here, uh, but also many, many other cities throughout the country. And this has been happening in the middle of the night, so it's not something that's happening in broad daylight. For some reason, the Biden administration feels like it has to do this in the middle of the night. Um, and so I think that you have a lot of hypocrisy here, and um, I think that that is maybe the point. I'm hoping that it takes us to a a really good place, okay? So, I mean, what I mean by that is that we really solve uh, some of these issues that are going on here. 888-528-2557, what is the Christian thing to do? The island of Martha's Vineyard, which is an island I've never been there. Have you been there? Um, I've seen pictures. Uh, President Obama lives there. Uh, now that's where he moved. Uh, at least that's where his summer home is, and I've no, I've no problem with that. Thirteen acres, fancy place he's got there. Former presidents uh, should have a place where they are secure, and uh, that's fine. Uh, what I think is not fine is the whole idea of the the sanctuary cities, where you don't really mean it, where you say you're a sanctuary city, and you say that this is something that. Uh, you are going to do, but you don't really mean it. Here is uh, Governor DeSantis talking about this issue. We are not a sanctuary state, and it's better to be able to go to a sanctuary jurisdiction. And yes, we will help facilitate that transport for you to be able to go to greener pastures. Biden would fly people in the middle of the night, dump them all across this country. There was no warning on any of this. And all those people in D.C. and New York were beating their chests when Trump was president, saying they were so proud to be sanctuary jurisdictions, saying how bad it was to have a secure border. The minute even a small fraction of what those border towns deal with every day is brought to their front door, they all of a sudden go berserk. And they're so upset that this is happening. And it just shows you, you know, their virtue signaling is a fraud. So, you know, obviously he's being very sarcastic, and Governor DeSantis uh, does that. But here's the point. The island of Martha's Vineyard has signs that many of the residents put up all over it. It says, the island of Martha's Vineyard, we respect women, we value black lives. We stand with our LGBT community members. We stand with immigrants, with refugees, with indigenous people, and with people of all faiths. We stand with our community. All are welcome here. Hate has no business here. Okay, so they have that sign up. So people come in uh, to town, 50 people. Now, you have to know that 1,000 people a day are coming in or a week are coming into some of these border towns, 1,000 people every week, all the time. It's unbelievable. And this is a big problem that needs to be – it's a humanitarian problem in our country that is being ignored and for a lot of political reasons. I think this is bringing it to the front page, though. And whether or not this is the right thing to do, I'm, I'm curious. I wrestle with it, you know, as a, as a Christian. What I think ultimately is if Jesus were here, he would tell us all to knock it off. 
that there's got to be a way to take care of these people. And I think that there is. I think there is for our government, but I think for churches, for thousands of churches, we have the ability to to make a big difference here. But I've always thought that, you know, putting up a sign, the the virtue signs, I see them in our neighborhood sometimes, and there's a whole list of things. you got to get right up to it in order to read it. Um, I feel like if you have to put up a sign, then you don't really mean it. Does that make sense? Like if I have to put a sign saying uh, whatever virtuous things I believe in, then I'm, there must not be enough evidence from my life for people to already know that. There was a church down the street from uh, one of the churches I served at, and it did have a reputation that was kind of interesting. And you, you hear that. You hear it, you know, when, you, when you're in church and you're in ministry, you know, people will come and they'll tell you about the other churches that they tried out, you know. And one of the things that happens sometimes is people will go to a church and they might have liked the church, they like the music, or they like the pastor, or they like, you know, various things. But if they didn't feel like they were treated very well, well, that's why they didn't stay. And this church, for whatever reason, they, they had an ethos of not being friendly. And this was well known. So when people who had visited that church would then come to our church, we, you know, they would talk about it in a new person lunch or something, and they would say, well, we went to this church, but they weren't very friendly. And they would always say that. We heard this so often. Well, not too long after that, that church put up a huge banner. And I mean, it was enormous. You could read it a mile away. And it said, we're a friendly church. And I always thought, if you got to put up a sign, then you're probably not friendly. Like, if you, <laughs> if you have to put up a sign, then I don't think you mean it. And I think that's the same thing with a lot of the, the virtuous signs that we, we put out there uh, about whatever it is that we're trying to communicate. If our lives don't show it, if our lives don't actually show who we are and we feel like we have to put up a sign, like if you have to wear a sign that says, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I think we should be careful about that. We all should be careful about putting a fish or a Christian bumper sticker on our car, uh, unless we're always driving the speed limit and we're really nice. You know, we should be really careful about that. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's embarrassing to get cut off and flipped off by somebody and then they got a fish in the back of their car. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557 is the number. What is Christian? Is it Christian to be talking about, you know, what is the Christian point of view, the Christian thing to do about immigration? Ross, uh, do that. Is New York Times sort of uh, token Christian in uh, conservative in their um, editorial department? And he was a big part of this discussion here uh, for a while. And there basically is an argument going both ways. Who is the more Christian? Um, is it the people who in Martha's Vineyard who are who took care of these people for a day, uh, and then uh, and then shipped them off? There's probably some truth. This is what uh, one of the people in Martha's Vineyard had to say yesterday. What are the most difficult challenges right now? What are the, the most difficult, difficult challenges that they face? Was the question. What are the most difficult challenges right now? The difficult challenges are uh, we have at some point in time we have to move to somewhere else. Right, we we cannot. We don't have the services to take care of 50 immigrants, um, and we, we certainly don't have housing. We're in a housing crisis as we are on this island, and so the, we don't. We can't house everyone here that lives here and works here. We don't have housing for 50 more people. They they have a housing crisis on Martha's Vineyard. Uh, how does this really How does this really work? 
Um, I just thought, you know, and it's not surprising. And the truth is, is they don't have the services, but they have plenty of space uh, for 50 people. You know, the church that they that uh, they helped them with. And if you, you watch some of the videos and stuff, people did come out of their homes and really did help these people. They fed them well, and they stayed with them in the evening, had, had relationships. You know, they did that kind of stuff. And then I was watching this video the next day where people were saying, see, we are we are not rejecting them. We are uh, really loving these people. And the, the funny thing about the video is you see these migrants who are there, and everybody's hugging each other, and they're just having a good time. They're giving some gifts. and But they're saying goodbye as all of them are getting on the bus. And I thought, well... Yes, you you were kind and you you fed them and did what you but you got them out of there in less than twenty four hours. <laughs> out of here. Uh, see, I think that we have a problem with nimbyism, not in my backyard. So what seems to be really clear is that in Martha's Vineyard, we can claim that we are a sanctuary city, a sanctuary island. We can claim all of the stuff, but when push comes to shove, I guess we're not. is the number. It's Open Line Friday. We will talk about whatever it is you like to talk about on Friday. So you can call and change the subject or keep talking with the subject we are on, 888-528-2557. Jackie in Compton, welcome to Southern California Live. Um, Yes, hi. Um, I have a question for you by you being a pastor. Um, I had a pastor recently say to me that if you go if you're going to church but your heart's not in it, which is like let's say I'm gonna talk personally for myself, okay? Sometimes I go through hard days, really yeah. bad days. And um honestly I don't feel like going to church. And I go on Thursday and I go on Sunday, but I say I'm gonna go to church because I feel like I need that's what I need to do. I feel like that's the right thing to do. But he said that if I go to church and my heart's not in it, then I'm basically being a hypocrite. And I wanted to get your perspective on that, because I believe that if you're going through hard times, I think church is the best place to run to. I think God is the right place to run to. So I just wanted to get your perspective on that. So he said, you're having a hard time. He said, and your heart's not in it. What? Why did he say that? Because I... He says that I'm falsely worshiping the Lord because I I'm saying I'm putting it in my mind that I don't want to go to church uh-huh. because I said I said those words I said I did not want to be here but I came to church yeah so that's why he said that to me well here's I see so he doesn't think your heart's in it here's yeah. what, here's what I would say uh, number one okay. as a pastor I'll tell you this lots of Sundays where I was the pastor I didn't want to go to church. <laughs> just okay. I'm just going to let you know. You know, okay. there there yes. <laughs> there yes. were days where I'm like, do I have to do this today? Um <laughs> I think the sermon today is going to be terrible. Uh the other thing I would say is this. Jesus when he was in the garden, he asked yes. his father if he could get out of it. When he was praying in the garden, "Lord, take right. this cup away from me." If there there is something about you know, our humanity, even in our relationship with God, where sometimes we just, you know, we don't want to. But here's the thing. Jesus did it anyway. He asked right. for a different way. Uh, 
And he did because his heart was in it. And it was not sinful for Jesus to say, Lord, if there's any other way. Now, prob- right. probably at your church, they weren't planning on uh, whipping you and crucifying you the next day. <laughs> but you know what? I would say one of the greatest things you did, Jackie, was you still went ahead and went to church. Yes. You and, know? And, and you know what? If, somebody, if you decide to stay home one week, that's fine. God knows what's on your heart. God's the one who's the judge of your heart. I promise you but, that there are people who every week say, I don't want to do this, or I don't want to praise you, or I don't want to do this. The person to take that to is God, which, you know, your Father in Heaven, that's what Jesus did. Yeah. And uh, I think that's fine. And yes. uh, maybe your pastor was just having a bad day, or if you're talking about somebody else, whoever Maybe I misunderstood. It could be I just misunderstood, because it's just been really weighing on me. And because I, like I said, I really believe, like, for me personally, that when I'm going through hard times, I need to run to the Lord, especially in good times, too. But in bad times, I feel like I need to run there, even if I don't want to. I think it's the best thing for me to do. So maybe I misunderstood, but thank you for your perspective, and I'm glad I was able to talk to you about it. Thank you, Jackie. And I appreciate your show. I really, really do. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks for listening. Thank uh, you. Yeah, you know, I'd go back and talk to uh, the pastor if it's bugging you, just to make sure you clarify what he meant. You know, he might have, he he probably didn't have, you know, I don't even know where he might have been coming from. And you know what, your pastors, they've got bad days too. They just have days where it's like, you know what, I uh, I was sitting next to, uh, in a, when I was at a big church, I was on the preaching team, and it wasn't my turn to preach, it was the guys next to me's turn to preach. And he couldn't get his printer to work, so he sent me his sermon and emailed it to me, and the title of his sermon was doo-doo, except he used another word. And I laughed out loud, and I said, you're not feeling too good about this uh, this sermon here? And he's like, no, man, it's going to be terrible. Actually, it didn't turn out to be that bad. But everybody's got insecurity. They got insecurity with different things. You still go through with it. You still follow the Lord. You do what the Lord wants you to do, and that is walking with the Lord. You're listening to Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. When we come back, we'll talk about the immigration issue again and what is the Christian thing to do. It is Open Line Friday, so we'll take your calls on any subject, uh, 888-528-2557. So you can change the subject, but we will talk about the immigration issue. I want to know what human trafficking is. They are accusing these governors of human trafficking, and they in turn are accusing the president of human trafficking as he was shipping people around. Um what is human trafficking? And let's not let's not confuse those issues. We'll talk about that as soon as we get back. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. I'll be back as the Friday edition continues. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. It is Open Line Friday. We will take your call on any subject. Right now we're talking about the issues of the border, in particular moving people around like it's happening. And uh, 50 people were dropped off in Martha's Vineyard, and it created quite a stir. You know, 2 million people so far this year alone have crossed the border uh, illegally. And what, what are we going to do with that many people? That's the, that's the population of Philadelphia whole city there are you know, and this is getting this number is getting larger and larger 
And right now people are accusing each other of all kinds of different things, but there doesn't seem to be a solution out there. What do you think? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. In a lot of the conversation, it's about what is the Christian thing to do? Uh, what is the Christian thing to do? It's interesting to me that so many people, both sides are having that discussion because uh, if we are a, if we're not a Christian nation, then that really shouldn't even come up. But there is something about our country where when things get crazy, people on all sides will turn to God, whether they're really turning to God or not is a separate question. But um, I hope that what is going to come out of all this chaos is that we're going to take a look uh, at who we really ought to be and how do we really start to solve this problem for so many people who are are in tremendous poverty right here in our hemisphere. 888-528-2557. Raymond in Hollywood, welcome to Southern California Live. Raymond, you with me? Yeah, I'm sorry. Thank you. Uh, yes, I, yes I, I believe the situation uh, has come up because of the last couple of years over the over a photograph that was taken of an event that took place on uh, the the photograph was shown May twenty second, two thousand seventeen, uh, former President Trump. I believe he was enticed to do this by the devil. As what, David well, wait a minute, what was the picture? What was the picture? Uh, L.A. Times, Los Angeles Times. Uh, what, was, what was it a picture of? It showed a picture of President Trump with three, uh, I believe they were Arab men in the back, with his left, I believe it was his left hand, held over an orb. And when I saw that picture, I, I, I believe something was going to come upon this country in a few years. Oh, okay. That was really All right. Dramatic. I think I remember that picture, uh, Raymond. Thank you for calling. There was a weird picture. It, it, it just had, I don't think there's anything real weird to it, though, Raymond. I'd probably think that. It, it was just some thing you did as a diplomat, and he went over there. And then uh, there's a lot of weird things in that relationship with us and Saudi Arabia, no doubt there. Um, but this problem, Raymond, has been going on with for decades. And the problem of poverty in our sem- hemisphere has been going on for a long time. What is the Christian response to it? And there's a lot of uh, name-calling. Hillary Clinton has been in the news a lot for somebody who says she's not running for president. She's doing everything that a person does who runs for president. And uh, she's younger than uh, some of the people who are running for president. How about that? Um, I've I've said, you know, don't be surprised, you know, if she is the, the Democratic nominee in 2024. I would not at all be surprised. She's going to say she's not running. She might even mean it that she's not running. But if things are a disaster in 2024, somebody might ask, and she might be willing to say yes. Here's what she had to say uh, in an interview on MSNBC this morning about um, the moving of migrants to the cities. You have uh, laid out the craziness of the time in which we're living, where some politicians would rather not only have an issue, but exacerbate it to the extent of literally human trafficking. Okay, so that is the talking point that is out there today, human trafficking. So are these governors trafficking these people to other cities? Uh, That raises it to the level of a crime and something horrible. 
Another reporter on MSNBC mentioned this, but then she said something really interesting at the end. She's on Martha's Vineyard, and she's talking about how the people who were immigrants were received there, and this is what she said. What are the most difficult challenges right now? Sorry, that's the wrong one. Here it is. I'm here to Martha's Vineyard. So uh, there's activists here, Jose, that are saying that these people were victims of human trafficking. They want an investigation from the Justice Department onto what Governor DeSantis is doing, what Governor Greg Abbott is doing, because they're saying that these people are being abused and used uh, to bring a border crisis deeper into the country. Now, I can tell you they are not angry at uh, Ron DeSantis. They are actually thanking him for having brought them to Martha's Vineyard. So I think that this shows us something that uh, we really need to listen to. She said that the activists on Martha's Vineyard are saying this is human trafficking and it needs to be looked into by the Justice Department and all of those things. Hillary Clinton, many other people have said that, so that's in the memo. But the migrants who were there said thank you for bringing us to Martha's Vineyard. And I thought about it and I thought, you know, for many of those people, that is the most incredible place they've ever been. Um, and they got a good meal. They got to meet some people. They don't have a lot of uh, hope. I think that they have some hope that maybe they're going to be able to build a better life in this country if they are allowed to stay. I think that hanging out in a border town is not the best place for a lot of people. I think that moving, uh, you know, they're not going to end up in Martha's Vineyard and uh, different places. It's interesting that they were thankful for this. Do we ever take time to really ask people what they think? That's that's something where in all of the conversation about these people uh, and both sides claiming that they're being trafficked or that they're being abused and this and that. Has anybody asked them what they think? This reporter did. And these kid, these people said, you know what, this was great. I think that is a big part of our problem is we don't listen to anybody and we are taking advantage of these people one way or the other. I think our entire policy is doing that. We are driving people here. We're driving the business of the the coyotes who, um, what these coyotes do, the coyotes are people who arrange for people to make it into the United States uh, illegally um, or to try to find a legal way to do it. There are different groups of people. There are, there are people who are refugees. Refugees are people, by definition, who are forced out of their country because of violence or war. Okay, so in the Ukraine situation, for example, you have all these Ukrainian refugees. They they fled Ukraine whenever Russia invaded. Uh, they weren't migrants, so they didn't want to move to Poland or other cities. They were forced out. Okay, that's a refugee. Uh, people who are asylees, who are looking for asylum, these are people who claim to be refugees, but they're going to have to prove it. It's a little bit harder to get uh, that status. Uh, for sure, some of the people who are coming across our border are asylees. I have uh, worked with some of them who are from Iran and from some other places where their story is horrific but hard to prove, and they have to go through the system, and you go to court and you do all of that. Um, migrants is the term for people who just want to move, which I don't blame any one of them for. I live in this terrible situation, and I'm going to move. I think each one of us would consider that. The coyotes are people who... Take advantage of any one of these three groups of people by typically charging a very large fee and arranging for them to come to the United States. But what they don't say is that what they're doing is really illegal and they give them some way to get around the system uh, or they just they don't. They tell them it's an open border and it is in some places, but in a lot of places it's not open. 
And so what you see along the border, if you go down to San Diego, you go down to some other places, are thousands of people right on the other side who have left their homes in Central America, typically, who now have nowhere to go, no money to get back. They left everything they have. And it's a disaster. Our policies are a big part of why that's happening. So these people don't have any hope of a better life. They just left whatever life they had. All of this gets complicated. And to start calling it human trafficking, I don't like it because human trafficking is actually a crime that is coming because of our border policies. That the number one group of people who are likely to be trafficked in the United States, real trafficking, are immigrant women, illegal immigrant women. Those are the people, number one. 57,000 a year, um, and that was in 2020 when the number of people who came over the border was uh, a couple hundred thousand. Now we have two million. Imagine how many people are going to be trafficked now out of this group. See, I think that none of what we're doing is ultimately compassionate because we're not seeking to solve the problems. And it is very complex. It is difficult, and it affects a great many things. Here's the definition, by the way, of human trafficking, if you want to make that argument. You're listening to Southern California Live. You can join our conversation by calling 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. From the Department of Justice, United States Department of Justice, here's the definition of human trafficking. Human trafficking is a crime that involves exploiting a person for labor services or commercial sex. The Trafficking Victims Protection Act of 2000 and its subsequent reauthorizations define human trafficking as A, sex trafficking in which commercial sex act is induced by force, fraud, or coercion, or in which the person induced to perform such an act has not attained 18 years of age. Uh, None of that's happening with these uh, busing of migrants. B, the recruitment, harboring, transportation, provision, or obtaining of a person for labor or services through the use of force, fraud, or coercion for the purpose of subjection to involuntary servitude, personage, debt bondage, or slavery. Uh, None of that's happening here either. Even if it's true that uh, Governor DeSantis coerced or or frauded these people, told them they're going to one place and they went to another, uh, it wasn't for the purpose of involuntary servitude, personage, debt bondage, or slavery. What I don't like about calling this human trafficking is that we are diluting the definition and actualities of real human trafficking, which is a major problem in the United States. It is a major problem here in California. And it affects kids. It affects these kids. It's, it's horrific what is happening. And that has nothing to do with the, the busing of these kids all around. It has everything to do with our bad policies on immigration, with our lack of solution finding. And uh, it's getting worse. All right, I got to take a break. This is Open Line Friday, and we will take your calls on any subject. If you've got a question about the Bible, question about the news, if you want to continue our conversation about the border, give me a call right now, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send an email to SoCalLive at kkla.com. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll return as the Friday edition of SoCal Live continues. Too nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. It is good to be with you today on this Friday. It's Open Line Friday. 
You can call me about anything that's on your mind. The number is 888-528-2557. On Fridays, we change the conversation just for you. So if you've got a question, something that's on your mind about a current issue, about the Bible, something that you're going through, comments you'd like to make, now is your chance. 888-528-2557. You can also email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Uh, do you have plans uh, for uh, this weekend? It's going to be cooler, um, and uh, I'm glad about that. It's supposed to be, uh, I think, pretty nice, pretty nice all weekend. So uh, that's pretty good. We've been talking about the uh, immigration issue, and uh, what is Christian? I heard somebody say one time that the word Christian is a great noun, but a terrible adjective, meaning that you know, Christian is, you know, a person who follows Christ. It's a great noun describing, you know, who a person is. But when we attach it as an adjective, then we start to get into trouble. You know, what makes a movie a Christian movie or a non-Christian movie? What is, you know, when you start to add Christian to political things, is it Christian for governors to send migrants to other states on buses or airplanes to make a political point or to score political points or to start a discussion, whatever the motivation is, is that Christian? Is it Christian to say that you will receive migrants and people from other places and call yourself a a sanctuary city or state and then not receive them or not prepare for them? And, um, you know, the, the word Christian there, when we attach it to something, it it becomes a little more complicated, right? Because people aren't going to agree. What is what is Christian in that sense? When we're using it as an adjective to describe something, we know what is it? What is what is it when it's Christian? There is so many different ways that we do that. And I think we, we do that and we make mistakes. I think we make mistakes all the time. There have been some stories recently about this in politics, that's where it seems to happen the most, right, is that as soon as we have an opinion about something left or right, or not we, but some people, will attach the word Christian. You know, this is what Jesus would do. You know, Jesus would, you know, we don't often know what Jesus would do. I have a, I have a hunch that if Jesus were to really come here, and if he could sit in the chair across from me and be on our show right now, um, he would say something that is so incredibly profound about how we should be loving people. Um, but I, I think it would bring us all to a place of humility, like whatever side you're on on different things. Because at the end of the day, what we're actually doing in this issue is nothing. At the end of the day, people are getting poorer. The dangers in particularly Central America are getting poor, although it's been pretty bad in uh, Mexico lately in many of these countries that are getting ready to collapse. Some people would say we've added to that. We're certainly adding to it with our um, purchasing of, of drugs and financing the drug trade that's coming over. I mean, that's a big, that's a big part of why it's so hard for so many of these countries to, to better develop, that there is so much corruption, there is so much crime, so much pressure that comes because of the cartels and things. I think Jesus would have an incredible attitude about it, and it would certainly have something to do with all of us looking at ourselves and doing less of pointing the finger, which is what we're seeing everywhere. Everybody's pointing the finger, right? Uh, You've got President Biden pointing the finger at Governor Abbott. He said this uh, yesterday. We're committed to fixing the immigration system. Instead of working with us on solutions, Republicans are playing politics with human beings, using them as props. What they're doing is simply wrong. It's un-American. It's reckless. 
And Abbott responded this way. Yeah, listen, everybody in the country knows that what President Biden just said and what Kamala Harris said, right lied because we have an all-time record number of people coming across the border. What is inhumane uh, is the president's policies that have led his border with Mexico to be declared the deadliest border crossing in the entire world. What is inhumane are his policies that attract people who lose their lives, uh, who are being human trafficked, uh, who are victims of, of rape, Uh, and even murder. And so what the president needs to understand is he is killing people with his open border policies and he's destroying his own country, but not enforcing the immigration law. So you can see it's just getting, it's escalating and pointing back and forth. Now the president has more that he can do about it because it really is the federal government's job. Um, But this has to be solved. You know, Christians, can we pray about this? I mean, I think it's something that we and you begin with prayer, but write your representatives and say, let's find a solution. It's not every country in the world controls their borders. And when he talks about the number of people who are dying crossing the border, it's uh, enormous. A friend of mine works for the Border Patrol, and he finds dead people all the time. And they're kind of in a little rural area. They're here in California. Um, But people get out and they try to cross, you know, and it's hot there are wild animals. People get lost. They run out of water. It's a big space. People, I think, don't realize how large the area is around the border and how long it might take actually to even find civilization once you come in. And our policies are driving that and have been for a long time. And the left and right doesn't seem to do anything actually about it. Well, we started to build a wall with uh, President Trump, but that, you know, even building the wall doesn't solve the problem. If you finish the wall, it doesn't solve the problem. Uh, people get under under the wall, over the wall. There's so many ways around a wall. It's just one thing. There has to be a, a much greater policy. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. I think 80% of us, I've said it before, I think 80% of us would be able to solve this problem. That if we actually just got together, I think, and the polls say this, that most people support controlling the border. You know, not necessarily a wall or, or no wall, but but... Most people support we have to be able to control the border, but most people also say there should be a way to have a streamlined legal immigration process. And I think we could come up with that. Why not do that? The cynical part that is in my brain says we don't want to solve it because it's such a great fundraiser for both sides. When we can point the finger at the other side and call them evil and not Christian and uh, both sides talking about um, all of this, it raises money for both sides. For us as believers, there's a lot that we can do as a church. Can I encourage you and your church to have a, a mission that actually deals either with people who live in Central America, South America, Mexico, to do that regularly, and at the same time, maybe look for how to serve people who are here, whether they're here illegally or legally. They need food. They need shelter. They need kindness. That's why those migrants in Martha's Vineyard, as much as everybody's saying uh, they're this and they're that, you know, they were so grateful for the opportunity, even for one day, to be fed, uh, to have people be kind to them, to have an experience that is shocking for for many of them. It's it's shocking to be in a place where there's air conditioning in a building. It's shocking to be in a place where there's carpet for many of them in a building. Shocking to be in a place where and to be in homes or near homes that are these these 
monstrosities that people can build over there on that island. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not solving their problem at all. I think it's partly we misunderstand a lot of the problem. We need to listen. We need to participate. I see. I think that the church can actually help a lot in this issue. There are thousands of congregations who meet every week. And, you know, how many of our congregations are involved in mission right here in our border? There are lots of different groups out there who go and they build houses, they hand out food, they do other stuff right over here in Mexico and in uh, Tijuana and uh, other cities right across the border. Some go farther into it. There are mission groups in every Central American country that are doing really good work and usually supported by the governments that are down there because they're not going to take care of the poorest of the poor. The only people who are are the church. And isn't this what we're called to do anyway? See, I think that the solution ultimately is to help these countries develop in such a way that people aren't so poor and there's no reason to leave. Instead, there's reason for everybody to go anywhere for, for vacations or for, for business or other reasons. Like we could, we could really do a lot if we have some simple solutions. And there are solutions today. Water projects, you get clean water, you, you create a system where people can be healthy we talked about this in our fundraiser, which thank you, by the way, the last couple of days we had the fundraiser for Cross International. You know, the way this works through the church is very powerful. There's a village that I was in in, in El Salvador when the mission Christian mission started there. There were about 12 people going to church. There was a church there. And when you asked people in the community what the purpose is of church, they said it was a place where people go to have meetings. That's what they said. That was church. That's all they knew of it. There was a handful of people who went to this building to have meetings. That's what they knew. The other thing they knew is that everybody's dying, especially the kids, of waterborne illnesses. 350 kids a year, I think was the number, dying of waterborne illnesses in this community. In seven years, a Christian organization who empowered that same church, that same church that seemed like they weren't doing anything, they just needed some support. That same church worked together, became the board to put in water system. And once they had clean water, that number of infant deaths went from 350 to one, almost every single person. And two other things happened. That community began to be able to grow crops, to be able to develop and have business. I bought some hammocks from a woman who was sewing them together um, and she would not have been able to do that without the clean water, without the food, without the crops, without other things. And the other thing that happened is that church got huge. This church, which was a handful of people, I want to say 12 people, they didn't even have enough room for people. So many people got saved. They got saved because Christians came in there and supported each other in the church, and they met each other's physical needs. And they created a community where people now are less likely to even need to leave because they have some health. They have the ability to, to be entrepreneurs. They have the ability to eat well, to take care of their animals, and to start to develop. And the truth is, is people love their country. They don't really want to go uh, if, if they had a really good reason to stay. I think the church can facilitate a lot of that. All right, we'll be back with Open Line Friday, Hour 2, in just a moment. If you have anything you'd like to talk about, any subject at all, Bible questions, something going on in the news, give me a call right now, 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Friday edition of Southern California Live continues. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.